0: Hello everyone, I am Alien in Bohemia And I am Mikey And we are two immigrants living in Prague And this is our podcast called Aliens of Prague
1: Where we bring Prague expats as our guests Listen to their stories about how they came to Prague
0: Why Prague and what it is like to live in Prague as an outsider
1: We will go on tangents We'll dive into absurd stories Dig up personal experiences Bring up Prague's hidden beauties And other whatnots
0: If you are an expat living in Prague
1: You should listen to this podcast If you are Czech and want to know more about the expats living in Prague you can listen to this podcast
0: or if you know any expat you can send this podcast to them aliens of Prague is available on Spotify Apple podcast and Google podcast visit our Facebook page aliens of Prague for more information
1: you can send us voice clips or texts about your experience living in Prague on Facebook or email us at aliensofprague@gmail.com. at gmail.com
0: if you like the podcast please give us an appropriate review it will encourage us a lot
1: we hope you will enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy making it making it.
0: In this episode, we're going to talk with Mikey Pitts.
1: He's a voice actor, also a stage actor, and generally a really, really nice guy.
0: It was a delight to talk to him.
1: So we hope you'll enjoy it as much as we have.
2: I'm not, I mean, I don't think I can do him exactly, but, but you know exactly who I mean. It's a time of war. Yeah, that's it.
1: A time of heroes. <laughs> a time of war and heroes. <laughs> One man stands amongst Humanity and destruction. <laughs> so, that, that's, that, that's pretty good, actually. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I, I like how I like how I just said, "Can you do the guy?" And you knew exactly who I meant. They, p- I, I think he died
0: like four years ago or something or five. Yeah, years ago, yeah. He, there's plenty
2: of others now. Yeah.
0: Well, he set he set the bar pretty high, I guess. This is the first time I I actually met a foreigner. I, I was coming from my university back home, uh, so it's a 8 hour train train ride and usually i would take the night train and reach home in the morning my mom would cook good food for me and i'll i'll eat and then go to sleep and start a day so one uh, one day i was coming home from university and uh, next to my seat, there were two foreigners, a couple, I mean, a man and a woman. I don't know if they were a couple or not. This was my first year of university, so I was like 19. So I asked them where they're from. That's probably the most basic question you can ask if somebody (laughs) doesn't match your skin color. So it's like, yeah, where are you from? (laughs) You know, what's your name? Brownland. (laughs) Don't give away too much. Okay. So uh, I asked her, where are you from? So the guy said, I'm from England. And the lady said, uh, I'm from New Zealand. And they were... New, New what? Up? New Zealand. And they were happy, jolly. And what's their story? Well, we have eight hours to tell stories. So uh, they, the, the story turns out is uh, that guy was fed up with his job. And then he started traveling. And also the lady was, was a, kind of a, like a traveler. So they both met up in uh, Thailand eight months ago, and they have been traveling together ever since. And in my head, like, what? The, how does it happen? Like, you find somebody, and then you f- not fall in love, but like you, s- you just follow each other to different places. And it's not like this is a mission you need to do. It's like, kind of like exploring. I was recently cleaning up my Facebook. Like, you know, you delete some people that I, you don't know or you don't want in your uh, in your list, so I found uh, the guy on added on my Facebook. Now I was checking that. uh even probably seven, eight, eight years later, they're still together. It is so that is so weird. I mean, my my 19-year-old mind took it very weirdly. Like, why would you do that? I cannot imagine that. And after coming here and after seeing so many people, hearing so many stories of uh, f- following love, following this invisible commitment they go to places, they, they change continents. Why do people do that, Michael? I don't know,
2: I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the reason I came to Prague.
0: What, I uh, didn't know that, I was just telling my story.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, actually I'm a, I'm a Well, two- what a coincidence. I'm a, I'm a two-time expat, which uh, is so very European and, and uh, imperial to say expat. So actually these days I prefer to say that I'm an emigrant. Oh, I, immigrant. Immigrant.
1: I I, lo- I, I love, love you for, for this. I
2: have
1: a I have a whole I have a whole uh I mean I don't know a whole rant on the term expat long story short I hate the term expat I don't think of myself as an expat. So you are No it's
2: it's very it's it's from a it's very British it's very it's I think it sets you apart. And then you know when you start hearing stories about why people emigrate or or forced to leave or whatever then you understand that it's was actually often it's not an easy choice, even if it's something done freely, you know. So the first time, actually, I'm actually from Germany. No, actually, I didn't know that. I thought you were from uh, German. So in, in terms of the first foreigner I met, uh, it was actually a whole country full uh, when I moved to England. Okay. Yeah, so... Which uh, part
0: of Germany are you from?
2: I was born in Heidelberg, which is uh, about six hours from Prague, near Frankfurt-upon-Main. Most people know where Frankfurt is. Massive airport and all that. So Southwest Germany. Massive traffic jams, as well. Yeah, <laughs> but Southwest Germany. Yeah, and then grew up in England, which was cool, interesting. Inter- obviously, I was seven. I didn't have a, didn't have much say in it. My mother decided we were going to go to move to England. I was like, okay. So sure. so
1: essentially, you're a lot more British than you are German in this regard. In
2: uh, in in many ways, but I don't hold a British passport, so I couldn't vote. On the referendum, I couldn't vote in the last. Your vote election. could have made a difference, but and uh, well, potentially, actually, in my in my constituency, I don't know, but um, uh, yeah, and then bizarrely, or just as it happens, met a Czech woman. We were both very young at the time. This was back in 1999. whoa whoa, <laughs> and um, she was on a on a on a theatre exchange. That I I'd, I'd been part of a youth theatre group, and had since you know graduated. I was a young adult and um, a guy from Prague called uh, David. What's his surname now? Uh, It'll come to me anyway. He runs a company called Bear Theatre, and they're still performing. They do school shows in English. And uh, there was this young woman, and, uh, you know, this was pre-internet, as we were talking about earlier. This was, I mean, I didn't didn't, didn't didn't even have a... I don't think I had a mobile phone when we met. I think I got one not long after, and we started texting. And then you know, we kind of parted our ways because there was no way that either of us was going to move. And then eventually I came to visit her in Prague. And uh, it was obvious we still had feelings for each other. Do you so, like being uh,
0: colada or getting <laughs> caught in the rain? <laughs> yeah.
2: And then, uh, yeah, exactly.
0: We don't have the budget to buy the music, probably. And uh, we'll, we'll have to anyway. imagine it. She yeah, mo- yeah.
2: She moved to England, actually. She moved to okay. England and then she wanted to come home uh, the reason being, she she got fed up of English winters. That was uh, one of the reasons she gave anyway. So then eventually I moved here. And then after...
0: But that that again, with the story. I did not understand why I understand now. Hmm. Why you go places. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, generally in Prague, in my experience... Um, I mean, I've been here 10 years now. Is that people either come for money or love. Oh, that's the two only reason. People come here for money? For business, Yeah. Yeah, they get they get transferred here, or they you know they, they have a reason work wise to come here. Oh. And then of, then of course you got a whole bunch of footloose, fancy free travellers, uh-huh. especially in the 90s. I mean, some of those people are still hanging around, Americans mainly, who came after the end of communism. But, uh, they're, they're but the sort
1: of people that visit
2: Europe, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I think they just wanted to get away from <laughs> from find something different. A lot a lot of those people came to Prague and didn't leave, you know, because it is kind of yeah, an no. interesting place. Ten years ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, what happened afterwards? What made you stay there? Stay in this place?
2: Um, well, I, I I broke up with my ex, now ex girlfriend, and um, and was starting to get um, more acting work here. I mean, I was an actor before I moved here, but I was getting film work and. Oh, you're just, in films? Uh, I thought you were th-
0: theater. Oh uh, well, I mean,
2: you know, like most actors, I think whatever I can get really. Uh uh-huh. um, Voice work as well. Computer games, motion capture, whatever. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Your hands are pretty busy, I guess. Yeah, oh,
2: well, you know, it could always be busier. That's that's <laughs> that's being freelance, you know, you just got to wait. Last year was very interesting, but not financially very secure. The year before that, I did a bunch of commercials, which was financially great, but then that money doesn't last forever. Money doesn't so, last um, forever. So, new. Who knew? Yeah, so I stayed because I'd, I'd fallen in love with Prague. I don't know, I, I just saw no particular reason to go back to the UK at the time and then I met my present partner so then it got you know more complicated because now I'm dating an American so I have family in two continents and three countries so
0: <laughs> yeah your communications are are pretty handful I guess yeah
1: actually I'm I keep uh, I keep wondering about people who come here because you've been here for 10 years so here comes the quen- but you're also by bi- I would assume you're at the very least bilingual
2: ironically English is my mother tongue i'd say even though german is my first language mainly because uh, there wasn't much reason to or possibility to practice at home and um,
0: so your mom and dad both are english or? my
2: stepdad's english and uh, we we spoke english at home i mean this was in the you know this was in the 80s when the notion of bilingual making your own um identity count i think mum mum felt like she had to integrate And, uh, you know, and then I started going to school and I came home speaking English and that's just what we did, you know. And and it's never like my stepdad said, you shouldn't speak German. But I think just for ease of communication, communication, English became the default. But luckily we uh, visited Germany a lot. So I managed to keep my German up. And then since moving to Prague, I've had more occasion to speak German here than I did in England. (laughs) So. Hmm.
1: So here interface. come because this was all set up for this. <laughs> How is your check? My
2: check is uh pretty reasonable. Oh, but, ten years, yeah.
0: probably. Isn't
2: well, I've made efforts. A lot of people don't bother. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's, yeah, a lot, a lot
0: of. I have met people and. Yeah, in I mean, five, I, five, I, four, I. T- I'm know. talking
2: talking about some of the experts I mentioned earlier. Some of them have been here for 20 plus years and and don't know much more than Pivo. You know. Mm. I Why mean, I've I've, I've, seen, I've seen I've seen it where I've been in a pub. Where the waitress comes and, and says, you know, what would you like? And, and then the response is Pivo. And then she says, what do you want? Svetlina Bočerni? And the response is Pivo. <laughs> like, dude, if you've been living here for 15 years and you still don't know the difference between light and dark weird like Jews, you you got, you got to put some effort in here, you
0: know? Why do people do that?
2: I mean... Uh, because you can. Because they're lazy. Because they're scared. I think people, some people are scared of learning Do you think language. that,
0: like, uh, people who come from abroad, they actually stay in a s- small bubble? That would, uh, I I like I'd, I'd say so. I think actually since I've split some up, of them,
2: some of them, some of them very much engage, but since I've split up with my ex, um, I I don't have as broad a Czech circle as I did before. I mean, it, here's the thing: I've met I've met people who lived in the village, you know, for two years, and they learnt Czech because they had to. And uh, the thing is, I moved to Prague with my with with Teresa and. Um, we we spoke English you know we spoke English because we we lived together in England and she wanted to improve her English she's actually an English teacher and then her trying to teach me Czech was just horrible I just it's, couldn't handle it it's like having your dad teach you driving you know just some things don't work you just, just shouldn't do it and uh, I'm not a particularly good student I'd say of languages that's not my default thing I just happen to have a couple of languages by chance um, and so what I did is paid a lot of money to have uh, intensives to start with when I first moved here. And then a few years down the line, I did uh, a one-on-one intensives for about a month. Yeah, and then kind of just picking up stuff on the side. But here's the thing, right, because you were asking, why do some people not bother? A lot of Czechs say, why bother? I, 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 came, it- I came to this uh, point when I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to live in Prague. I don't know if I should bother continuing what's the point and then i had czech saying yeah you know it's not really a useful language anywhere else yeah, might, it's uh, very difficult why would you bother and the sort of uh, the the eureka moment for me came uh, when i went to budapest for a few days and i came back on a train and it was a serbian train and i went to the restaurant car and i opened the menu and i saw yeah, klobasa yeah. and Kleb and i thought okay i know what this is so actually this is a doorway to slavic languages yeah exactly right so, why wouldn't you? Because now, if I'm listening to Russians, I can't understand 90% of what they say. You pick but I get a up. feeling, exactly. And, um, okay, I can't read a Cyrillic script or anything like that. But at the same time. You mean like Asbuka? Uh, Cyrillic? Uh, yeah, Russian like the Russian alphabet. Russian alphabet uh-huh. or the Bulgarian alphabet, which is different yes. again, of course. But, but you know, a, just, it's quite similar. Yeah, yeah. But, but the point is that um, voda is voda, chleb is chleb, you know. So. You can at least try and get your way through in these countries, yeah, so I'd that's w- that's why, and also i like i I keep telling people this, but I mean it seriously it's a joke, but I like to be able to swear at taxi drivers properly <laughs> when they cut me up at zebra crossings. you know, I want to tell them how I feel
0: how do you say that
2: uh, Well, you just <laughs> tell them that they're kurva. Cool, you know
0: just blas pan I have to put some e on my podcast yeah. i guess yeah i just pulled it i
1: can go one uh, i can go um one further and uh, i can one up it
0: i thought you were yeah. a nice man I, <laughs> no i'm absolutely Please not continue. a nice
1: man these past three days i've been swearing in the office more than i can remember in the past is
0: it years. in romanian
1: i sometimes swear in romanian and this is this is a very interesting um very interesting thing the thing is romanian is uh so officially it's like 60 percent latin mm-hmm it gives Romanians the ad, it gives Romanians the advantage of being. I mean, if they like languages in general, but it gives us the advantage of understanding uh, Spanish, Italian, French, Portuguese.
2: Sure. the Romanesque, Yeah.
1: Yeah, but then, uh, then roughly twenty-seven percent apparently is uh, is Slavic. Mm-hmm. So the problem is if I if I choose to swear in the office.
0: Somebody it, it, well, something.
1: it depends because if I if I swear if I swear using male genitalia, then everything is fine. If I swear using female genitalia, then all the Slavic-speaking people will understand what I'm talking about.
2: That's interesting the delineation though between yeah, it's the Latin and the, and the Slavic swear words. That's yeah, funny. it's it's. Did, did, is there no female female genitalia swear words in Latin? I mean, uh, or are they just.
1: We just went with that one for I don't some know, reason. It's
2: strange. Also, I have to say, Czech is uh, very satisfying to swear in. Hmm. I think it's. Uh, uh, I they don't. Multi- I don't think it's a particularly musical language. And uh, I mean, I've I've been here enough. I've heard enough Czech music. I've hung out at Czech camps. I've been to Czech beer festivals, and I know they have a very strong musical cultural heritage. And they write and they write some very beautiful songs. But the language itself. Doesn't doesn't, name, doesn't, doesn't lend itself. Does not flow very easily. And then when someone does manage to do that, it's great. Not you know you think about French when you listen to French. It's so it, it's a flowing language, and it, so it lends itself of, to melody, right?
0: Probably because of the vowel in the end of the word. Uh, I,
2: I mean, think I, it's be- I think it's because of uh, the the consonants in Czech actually, because Too they have you know I mean they have words without vowels, right? So, so the, the
0: staccato of this thing that yeah makes I mean it you harsh. get the word oh.
2: neck krk. K R K. They've no, got no vowels, so which is great because of the endings, you can do a lot of rhyming. So Czech, um, Czech nursery rhymes are brilliant. Um, there's a guy called Jan Verich um, who, who I mean, he's long, he's long dead, but he's a very famous Czech actor from the um, 40s, even 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, into the 80s. And if you, if you, and you'd recognise him, he's sort of this uh, bulldog looking guy. He's got a big grey beard. You should check him out. But his prose and his poetry when he reads is, is fascinating. I mean, the hairs on my arms are just tingling now. So although it doesn't lend itself necessarily to melody, the Czech language does lend itself to, uh, to prose and poetry.
0: How, where did this knowledge come from? how do you mean like you I, it seems like well you i mean know. i
2: live with a czech so you know every christmas was czech Pohatki and watching uh-huh. the nursery i mean they love they love that so every Sorry, christmas I, basically I, I, basically from mid-december through to yeah, new I, years they're at least
0: christmas was filled with that yeah i i thought like uh the whole day i was watching multiple movies and i realized maybe, fairy
2: tales right maybe, maybe another at, princess story yeah maybe yeah.
0: at the end of the night i probably can speak czech <laughs> I mean, yeah other language, I realized, like if you don't understand the language, one hour of listening to it kind of makes your head hurt a little bit.
2: Yeah, like, well, you the, you learn to zone out, which I is a skill that I still have because my Czech is is good, usable, but it's not f- so fluent that I have to sit on a tram and listen. And actually, that's I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've experienced that if you've uh, both gone home and uh, and then realize you can understand everything that everyone's saying and you realize god it's so bloody boring i wish i didn't understand what was to have you ever had that <laughs> no really because i like I, I i fly home sometimes because i'm so used to sitting on a tram yeah. and everything's just blah, blah 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 and then i don't know maybe some italians get no. on some germans whatever then you kind of stop picking up some stuff and because they kind of come into your zone and whatever uh but then when i go home and, when I go to visit family in England, and then suddenly I can understand everyone, I'm like, oh,
0: Jesus. oh, did you get the cookies that <laughs> I yeah. made you? All right, all right, Doris, how's your, uh, how's your
2: old man doing? Oh, he's a bit, yeah, his legs a bit bad again. Well, but <laughs> I mean, in, in your case, this has the added
1: benefit of of uh, obsessive politeness, so it's worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Brits do have a bit of that, but uh, which 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 again is hard to temper when you've been living amongst Czech. Service check, you know, service standards, which are different. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read a really cool uh, snippet. I think it was the Observer magazine, um, uh, which is uh, which is a, a British newspaper, only, only published on the Sunday, on Sundays. But uh, it was an American guy who who'd married a Russian, and he said for him it was this real uh, headache actually first of all getting used to service culture in moscow and then going back to the u.s and how it was so you know light and night night and day basically that they were so abrupt in the supermarket that he couldn't believe how people could be so rude and then when you get used to it and then going back to the u.s you know and um i don't know i know it depends on where you are in the u.s but my my partner's from the from uh, louisiana and uh i met some people from the north, of the north of the states and they were like, oh, yeah, they 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 pretend to be polite, but they don't really mean it, not like us in the north. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's strange. So then when you get used to sort of, you know, this abrupt, not always. I mean, it is changing. I think the attitude here has changed a lot in 10 years. And in, in I mean, when have I been, what is it, twi- 1999, what's that, 21 years, isn't it? So since I've been coming here first, it's changed massively. So you came here in 1999? Just for the first time, for yeah. a visit, yeah. But anyway, the point is you go back to England and, um, and yeah, everyone's very polite. And I'm just like, just put the tea on the table. Just put it down. Don't no, I don't care about the weather. I can see it's raining. Just stop already. Mm. This, this need to be polite. Actually, Teresa's observations of that, because she worked in a shop and she's a very polite uh, person. Um she found the, the, the English, were they went one way or the other, which was they would be overcompensating and they would get into these conversations about the weather and everything else. Or they would just ignore you when they walked into the shop, which is very strange here in the Czech Republic, where everybody says hello and says goodbye. Right. Yeah, if you're at you the doctors, which is weird. You, because, you keep it civil. Yeah. But the weird thing is that, I mean, I live down in the Panalaki in Modrani, right, in the south of Prague. And I tried saying hello to my neighbours a few times and they just looked at me funny. Like, I don't know who you are, why would I say hello? It's like, Well, if I was at the doctors, you'd say hello to me.
1: So these uh, so these things,
2: these are like that's an
1: incongruity to me that I still haven't quite worked out. this morning I said uh, I said hello to my to the post lady, for instance, and she she replied But it it was I mean it was the it was the second time I saw my post lady. I knew she's my post lady because due to the first time. Yeah, our post lady is very
2: polite, but and, and and our building's fairly polite everyone in there they're, they're, they're very nice but the the strange thing is not everyone is unfortunately
0: I don't, I don't live with this housing thing
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> but you're,
0: you're missing out on a lot I'm know? missing out I, I gotta get a no, house I'm serious but, but like whenever I I have to get something mm. you know official on the shop or something I realise like if I say Dobri then things get easier oh yeah and for and sure. a smile on a the Dobri then makes the, a lot of things easier oh sure I mean they accept you well and uh, I think that's the first you
2: have to you have to make an effort mm. and that's I mean anywhere and i think that's that i think that's important and i think that's what sets expats apart from, apart immigrants. from, immigrants. from immigrants yeah it's this, this that's is what not I was necessarily at. the only way we could define but i think there's a big yeah, there's, there's a there's, a
0: a, there's also we should, a, we should all hug each other and get a tattoo uh, uh, yeah. don't get me started <laughs>
2: there's definitely a, a, a culture of liking to talk but there is Again, like we can make generalizations, and I think it really depends on where you are. So, if I'm going to generalize, I'd say actually the Moravians are more friendly than the Bohemians. If you go to Brno, oh, uh, yeah, I've been approached in the street uh, by people saying, "Oh, it looks like you're lost. Can I help you?" <laughs> Which is highly unlikely to happen in Prague. Yeah. I think it's less. It's if you ask someone for help in Prague, they will. They will. Help. They will be very, They're very helpful. But then, like I say, and my experience generally, people have been very friendly. But as I say, you're walking down the street and you say, Dobri den, and they're going kind to of go, Dobri den. But they won't necessarily stop to chat. But then if you meet them on the river in the summer, <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're you, you can't say Dobri den on the river. You have to say ahoy because they're sailing, right? You <laughs> know you're, now, you're, now you're on the water and they'll tell you off. You say Dobri den and say, Dobri ahoy. Okay, we're on the water. Um, uh, or at a beer festival, when there's like a, something to break the ice, they'll be chatty. But I can't imagine someone doing that at the doctor's office or mm. doing that on the tram. There's still a little bit of, um, and this is generational. I think it's generally older people who who struggle with this. But there's, I still think there's a there's a sort of um, some kind of barrier which is breaking because very recently, especially I've got you know I've got a daughter, I've got a small dog people love talking about dogs here they love dogs when yeah. you've got a kid and stuff they, they'll they approach you but i don't as, as an adult male i don't get the impression that people will, will necessarily want to chat with me
0: oh probably you're foreign <laughs> but i'm talking about amongst themselves oh certainly I mean, if we if i had the language capability i'm sure i would I, make a lovely conversation with Czech I, people.
2: I, I agree with you i've never met in my experience i mean i haven't lived in that many places but the but the way they love the the fact that they drink so much beer right and they don't punch each other which is yeah, highly that's
0: that's so weird
1: <laughs> it's I am highly a, refreshing British. it's un-British it's oh, very un-British un- un- British. Yeah, well,
2: I'm, I'm, that's one of the reasons why I'm living here what I've experienced is that they will I, I, I mean I don't take pictures when I go on holiday anyway but then they love this thing do you do this? do you like take pictures and then invite all your friends around to look at pictures of your holiday? no they no. love it here really? they love it yeah uh, they love it well, I'm, I'm more, I'm more of an Instagram sort of person, so every, I mean, maybe it's has taken already. over. It's, I mean, uh, it might be oh, interesting, oh, but oh. I remember this group of people went to Moldova, and then they invited us all around and then we had food and, you know, had some drinks, and then we all sat down and did. There was a slideshow of Moldova, and people were asking questions. I'm like, I don't give a shit. It looks <laughs> interesting, but it's your holiday, like why? But they so they totally want to engage, and um, yeah, I don't know. It was very interesting. Not my thing, you know. But there we go.
0: My first impression about Czech Republic was pretty good because I came and I I lived in a village. Uh maybe because of the friendly family I was with, or maybe the villagers are nice, but but everybody was nice to me. I was uh they, they have only one hospital. This is like ten, twelve houses, everybody know each other. People actually came to the house to see me. Ahoy. That's it. I just can't say anything. They don't understand English. Uh wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I, I have a little bit of knowledge, Czech knowledge, and so like ahoy dobri then. So one one first first Friday night I went to that hospoda uh, Everybody is enthusiastic and they're trying to talk to me. One guy actually actually knew some English and he we became friend good friends and uh, yeah, this is like this is my first experience with Czech alcohol also. <laughs> it was like a chai. I said, Yeah, sure, I love tea. Yeah, mm hmm, mm hmm. So they gave me a tea, and I thought, oh, yeah, you'll have some have some know, alcohol or something. And probably Czechs uh, drink their tea cold. Back home, we drink our tea with the milk, and uh, it's warm and sugary. So I was like, probably it's cold. They uh, That's how they like it. I had the tea, and uh, somebody got a job. Shots for everybody, tea for me. So the guy was Hunza. I made a comics about him. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. And then anyway, we continued, like, after three or four tea, I was not feeling good. And uh, yeah, that was Tatrati, and uh, and I did not know that. I was like, I'm I'm gonna be a big good sport, and I'm in this new place, and I wanna, you know, insult their culture if this is the culture. Everybody's drinking here, and yeah, I I had a terrible night. I mean, I (laughs) it was a weird night. Uh, That's too much for a new guy. But after that, every time I went to the hospital, everybody was nice. But. Again, I came to Prague. Well, and you, you
1: had already been initiated, so.
0: I have. I mean, I had so much good impression from the village that the villagers were so nice, it will always stay with me. But I came to Prague, and as you said, about the, some coldness, you know, I felt it. But it couldn't hurt the core, the village core. Yeah, I no, I mean, So I will, I'm always positive about it. But maybe. then,
2: but then, you know, the Parisians have the same reputation. You're in a London, it's a that's a shithole city to try and... Break in. I mean, it's that's a you know, you go to New York, everyone's brusque. It's it's big cities, it's big, it's a big city thing as much as anything else.
0: So, I I, I probably that's why I actually come here. I think I, mean, I love this place, Tea House. Every time I'm selling Tea House, they're not paying me anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're plugging
0: amazing no, no. Chayovna again. First year, I used to go to these weird places like Zorkovna. And dark place. I forgot many names. So, how, how long have you been here? Actually, more than two years. Novice. not Novice, It's just. No, I used to go to this old, pl- uh, this cool places. The old Zorkovna. Zorkovna. Yeah, but the, not the new one. Well, the new one. I mean, okay. the old. I don't know about the old Zorkovna. Well, that so ha- that had some uh, piglets. Well, yeah.
2: Okay. I heard about it. Not the whole time. I don't know where they went, but. Uh, they that that, that that place was more. Um, That's a very touristy thing. And it wasn't. Wasn't that not? wasn't no i mean it got touristy but it, it it wasn't and the thing about that place was and this is something that um, i wish prague had more of is, is sort of slightly um,
0: unconventional places uh, there are they do
2: there there are plenty there are plenty yeah. i mean like this is one or cafe vlesse for example but if you go to budapest or berlin and there's a there's there's more of that scene they seem to like clean cut stuff here more when stuff gets renovated. And you know, the new Zorkovna is, is cool. But just don't put my beer in a j in a jam jar. Yeah. Please don't do that. I'm not, you know
0: You're not cold anymore. I'm not a fucking hipster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I used to go to that places then uh okay that's too much. Now I go to this Prague one places and in the end I realize that's why I probably I come to the place I, I have I'm going more and more. So it's like the neighborhood place. Yeah yeah with age probably it happens you know i don't want to go to places i just want to have a drink and sit down and talk to people no i but but the thing is like it's if it's if it's
2: interesting but i just i don't know i'm i'm again it's generalizations but it's what i find um there was a cool bar around the corner from um Divadlo um Naprarle, which is in Malastrana, near strana and. Uh, I had occasion to to go there quite a lot in 2012 because uh, we we put up Sweeney Todd in Napradle, and uh, I was Wait, part the plate? Uh, yeah the musical yeah oh, wow and uh, I was part of the production because I I built the set, um, and so after rehearsals, especially in the last week, we we went to this place. Um, to, you know, to have a drink and to debrief and whatever else. And it was pretty cool. It had these weird little... Because it's underground, so you've got the windows from the street level. And in, in those window holes, they had sort of weird decorations. It was old televisions. And they'd taken the, uh, the bulbs out the back, so it was just the screen, and made these little models inside. So there were these strange little scenes, and it had kind of this interesting vibe... And then uh, didn't go there for about a year or so. Uh, and then I said to someone, oh, I know this cool place. Let's go there. And we went in and it was run by the same people. And they completely ruined it Ruined it by taking all that out and uh, putting in, you know, black IKEA shelving and having empty wine bottles. And the whole place just suddenly felt very sterile. And I just, I just don't get that. I understand people want new things, but I don't get the... Complete wholesale throwing out of the old stuff, and re- and replacing it with with IKEA bollocks.
0: The reason I brought it up is is those places, those those fancy, I mean, or unusual places are good to go once or twice, and in a month. But like the places you will go regularly, and or do you even need to go somewhere regularly. I not
2: really. No, no. I like I like that's, I do like the diversity, but I just don't. Um, Everyone's tastes are different, but I mean, for my for my taste, I prefer uh, things that are a little bit more lived in, shall we say, mm-hmm. and re- and replacing something that's been thought through and quality with with just something off the shelf from IKEA just doesn't seem very interesting. That's all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and I and I see that I see that happening a lot here. You know, if you I mean, if you walk around when they renovate apartments, when they when re- renovate whole buildings, for example, or just an apartment. They, they'll rip they're just they're throwing this furniture into the skip which is handmade uh 100 years stuff ago Probably well uh, at least 60 70 you know and it's not like they didn't use chipboard 50 years ago but the but the quality of it is different from the stuff you buy today and it's interesting but that's not what people want so okay what can you say what's it uh, what is interesting is that that is coming round you know we saw that wave in the uk back in the 90s and then what happened in the in the 2000s is that everyone started to buy it back again because they realized the old stuff was probably more interesting. <laughs> and there are all those places here now, so it's like a quicker loop. Antiques. I don't know. No, yeah, a, vintage, there's re, re, there's salvage, a, salvage stuff, you There's
1: know. a There's a whole, there's an entire antique warehouse in you know, the, you know, just yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That oh, that place, I haven't been to that place oh, yet. We, actually, I I could go there, I, I, I would just go there once a month just to stare at things. It's amazing really it's just it's mind-blowing everything I have there we should we should absolutely go there yeah visit we should it. it's you just switch off and uh, and look at stuff And all of that stuff has been in people's homes yeah. i mean at some point at some point someone uh, Sneeze at some- done it no but at some point i mean there's stuff i mean there's stuff from the 1800s to just you know the the plastic fantastic here of the 1970s for instance and it's utterly tacky and I mean imagine imagine a plastic clamshell uh, clamshell uh, chair yeah for instance I mean very horrible and at some point someone thought yes this is, I think I want this in my home and now it's just sitting there waiting to be bought again it's and uh, I mean it, it says a lot about people and you can I mean you just look at those things and you're like I wonder what sort of people would, what sort of person would buy that clamshell
2: that well, clamshell in, in, chair in this day and age. When we're talking about what's the best, i mean the, thing individual for the ones. Well, I know, but like, that's my point is when we're talking about let's be more environmentally mentally friendly or considerate, then I don't know
0: why they do this. I don't know.
2: We have to, we should be reusing this stuff. It's it's there. Speaking
0: you know. of reusing stuff, I recently saw this uh, video and in, in Facebook, I guess, uh, where you know, in, in hotels they have the soap, the so unused soap they used to throw it out now they give it to a charity yeah or some organization and they they take all the soap and they make again soap yeah and the weird thing is they actually send it to third world countries or homeless shelter why not send it back to the hotel it's their soap (laughs) do you see the the weird the, the tiny thing like I would not use it you know you do whatever you want why not like why not give it back to your place why because somebody rubbed it on you do you um, see this?
1: I, I I would say I would say it's a lot more needed where they are actually willing to donate it rather than. Come on, that's less just,
0: production for the whole thing, and I I think yeah, if you use this soap again. Well, I guess what you're saying is, if
2: you can afford to do that, then why not just send some new soap to the places you think need soap, and reuse it in the places it's been used once already. Yep, it's a status thing, right? Probably,
0: yeah. probably. I, yeah, my hotel standard but is high. But you know, so. then
2: again, maybe maybe that hotel needs to be made. That the reuse hotel, you know. Speaking of
1: uh, speaking of soap, very, uh, one of the one of the worst railway systems in uh, in, uh, in Europe at the very least is the Romanian one.
2: Yeah.
0: going to shit about Romania all Did the time. St- yeah. Do you still have those pepper pots?
2: soap dispensers no do you, know, do you know what I mean
1: I know I know what you mean but at some point the thing is I mean obviously when you go to the when you go to the toilet on a on a Romanian train there's absolutely never any paper or soap uh-huh. good to know and uh, but at one point I did find soap and the thing is do you know that's sort of I mean it's just was a there a big hair on it no, but it was so, I mean, at some point I was looking at the bar of soap and I was like, okay, so what do I wash the soap, just the bar of soap with? Because <laughs> there was no water either. <laughs> it was just horrible. It was horrible looking. It so, I, I, I couldn't see myself using it on my hands. So I was like, no, I'm better off without it.
0: You are a voice artist,
1: comedian?
2: What what are you? I'm a, well, I'm an actor, I suppose. These. I was going to say performance artist, but then that kind of throws up images of stuff that I don't do. Necessarily, but um, yeah, I, I uh, I've I've played in bands. I used to do Brazilian percussion. I've uh, done lots of theatre. I'm an improviser. Um, I really like Commedia dell'arte, which is a um, um, half-masked Renaissance Italian style theatre. Uh, since I've been in Prague, filming voiceovers, as I say, motion capture. Um, so, yeah, I mean, performance of, of any kind. I like using my voice. I think it's very interesting. I'm always very happy to be doing voiceovers. That's something I'd like to explore more. But besides that, I've done lots of lots of different things. That's just like a my present focus.
0: Is it something your parents or like your mom, dad approved or something or do you realize after high school? Um, well, my parents, they... Well, on the one
2: hand, uh, I think the, the the benefit was that they weren't uh, restrictive. And then on the other hand, I think they could have possibly been more uh, supportive. And that doesn't mean to say they weren't supportive, but, you know, there are pushy parents and then there are hands off parents and they kind of fall somewhere in between. But also uh, we didn't have necessarily a lot of money. Um, so you know, I mean, I did go to 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 kids drama course, but we certainly wouldn't have had money for, I don't know, dance classes, singing classes, anything like or that. Or
0: did it just uh, have this breaking point uh, that you realised that I have to do uh, this.
2: Well, I um, I'd always cracked. I mean, kids, you know, do stuff in front of their family, but I, I remember specifically sort of putting on shows, even at a very
0: at your home. Yeah, yeah,
2: for the Wigels. adults, for the for the adults around the table and I'm um, and thinking well this is pretty cool but there was a point at secondary school when um, I uh, and I went to a, a boys grammar school and
0: uh, <laughs> I went to I to be honest school.
2: I didn't care my parents said do you want to go to this school or do you want to go to this school and I said what's the difference They said well this is this school and this is this school and I said you know what So you chose the girl the one no I, le- girl. I let them decide I said you choose what you think is best they asked me and I said I don't really mind and so, uh, the, I mean, the, the the grammar school at the time was had lowered their entry requirements because they were struggling. So I'm not sure if I was really that special, um, but I got in, and uh, I had fun. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't. I I I could see that some people didn't like it. I just kind of got on with it. I made good friends, and I'm still friends with them. If I go back home to to Stroud, Gloucestershire, I still meet these people. You know, I've made lifelong friends there. Um the only thing is it because it was a boys grammar school, um they're not interested in making artists, they're interested in making chemists, physicists and managers, you know. You so have to aspire proper men, <laughs> proper men, yes, you have to aspire to be the next generation. So luckily we had an English uh <laughs> slash drama teacher, Mr. Gillett, who I think is just awesome. I mean he he, he for our when we were 14, a group full of 30, 14-year-old 30, boys, he, he got his guitar out and he played Dylan because we were doing pr- literature of protest. And I was like, that takes some balls. I thought even at the time, I was like, dude, you know, did everyone shut up and they're listening. Respect. Which song? Uh, I can't remember, to be fair. So anyway, he put on plays and um, it was Shakespeare because, you know, it's a, it's a boys' grammar British. school British. and um, I had one line, "My Lord the prince is dead, if I remember correctly, and I thought, yeah, this is all right, you know running it? running on stage, feeling scared, getting it done, and then the applause at the end, I thought oh, I could I could try this again. And so when I left school, didn't really know exactly if that's what I should do and I didn't want to go to university for three years just to waste a bunch of money and, and not really be sure what I wanted to study. But I joined the local theater group and then started doing that and then got employed by a professional local theater company uh, and then started going on from there really. Did, did your parents have different expe- expectations of you? Uh, not really. My mum, I mean, my mum is very creative. I think slightly frustrated really. But my family, uh, as in my my, my German side, they're very, um, they're just very open people in some ways. In others, in others, they're not. I mean, it's kind of classic, classic Catholic reserve uh, in some ways, but they're very f- um, non-judgmental uh, as far as that generation generally is and uh, and accepting, you know, and uh, singing was part of our family. we were always cracking jokes. And I think their my grandparents' attitude always was, well, if you're happy and healthy then what else really is important and so my mum is kind of of that opinion and my stepdad um is a is one of the best guitarists oh i've ever heard and so he's got this whole rock and roll background he's actually in the rockabilly hall of fame and uh, so he's a performer you know and as he's, he's he keeps saying so uh so michael you still Still living the dream, still going for it, going for the dream. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Dad, I'm still going for it. He goes, oh, good, good on you, son. Good on you. You know, so um, I can always imagine him, uh, imagine him say it. Yeah, and and the, and the thing is, we have both my brother and I. We have skills. We know how to relax, but we also know how to find work and put food on the table. We're, you know, we're we we're capable. We've that's the tools they've given us. Is that we, we we can stand on our own two feet basically, and so then at the same time it's like well just do what, what you find interesting. I mean I'm just, my brother impresses me. The fact that I'm an I'm an actor is is, is fine, but you know he he really, for me is kind of more the more the interesting person because he's got all these skills, but he's got three kids. I got one kid. He's what does got, he do? He's a welder. Uh, I was a welder That's as awesome. well. Yeah, I was was a welder as well, but he is one of the most adept people I've, he can catch a ball when he when he turns his head away got into magic for a while taught himself Jack I mean he days? he and dad yeah kind of I mean he plays guitar he plays bass he's now learning drums you know and all the while raising three kids and and uh, doing it doing, doing a good job mm-hmm. of it so
0: my parents are well where I'm from there's a lot of not not a lot of opportunity in life I mean my mom is a singer but She's a teacher first and then singer later. It's art. And that part of the world is not that important, like making a living. My dad is a banker. So they never told me to, no, do whatever you want. They just, uh, their priority is to to have a safety with life, with like money or job security or something. Uh, I had no idea what I want to do. So I thought engineering is a good chance to have a safe, safe living in the end. And now when I'm, when I'm grown up and I kind of am realizing what I want to do with my life or kind of have, having some weird dreams, I don't have a lot of things to look back. You know, you, can, you say like, yeah, my dad, my stepdad is a rock star, so I know how it works, you know. So uh, I kind of I see my brother, he was the artist in our family, he always draws. So I'm like, you know what, this kid needs to draw. So finally that, that dream kind of came true. He got into the best art school, but still my parents are worrying. So one day I was like, it's not, it's fairly, fairly recently, my dad was like, uh, so your brother is in art school. I don't know what he's gonna do. I was in this place and I was seeing this lovely artist drawing things, but they were selling so cheap. You know, will it be him at this point? Like, dad, stop worrying, you know, he's going to the best school and statistically he's gonna do good and he's an intelligent kid he's he was uh, i mean i know i mean you have seen his art from childhood he's, he's passionate about this he's going to do good he know he's going to meet interesting people unless of course he just smokes pot and sleep all day he's going to be fine my dad was like uh, i don't know i don't think you two brothers are are uh, Into that, I mean, I, I I don't think he will ever get to that. And then I had to break my dad's balls. Like I don't know why this cockiness came. I'm like, Dad, I don't know about, I don't know how much you know me. <laughs> so I used to smoke a lot of pot <laughs> in university. I sleep all day. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it sp- it's
2: possible to do both yeah yeah I mean, it's like, possible you know, you to know. do both you don't you don't have to smoke pot and be uh, yeah. a flunk or whatever
0: yeah i told him like he can do it and then my dad dad was silent they were like huh so did you get to dinner <laughs> so yeah i got my dinner uh so yeah i'll talk to you later <laughs> i
2: don't know i mean like my grandparents they still they still yeah my even last week i went to visit them and uh my grandfather's like uh so you so you're gonna get back into welding, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because because you know, if you're a freelance anything, uh it's always tricky. But the, the problem with acting is you have to make your own work. If it's not coming, you have to make your own work, but then essentially you're a producer, so then you have to show you know, you have to come up with the money. So it's a it's a pretty tight circle. So I'm I'm very happy that I've got a bunch of skills that I can fall back fall on. Back on. Um don't to so, day job yeah exactly, so I said to him i might I might get back into welding this year because I, I was I was a tour guide in Prague um basically for the first seven years, uh but i can't handle it anymore i just can't i can't do it i can't sorry, can't do it <laughs> tourists, no offense, but just the questions i can't do it anymore um you can see I have a little point of Royces here or something mm-hmm. anyway um so so yeah i mean they they'd still they are of that generation, I mean, it's post-World War II German generation that had everything destroyed around them um, and had to work it out. So they, they value that security, you know. I mean, he was a teacher, so he had a very secure job. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, my uncle went out and became uh, a doctor of microbiology. And I'm not even sure that my grandfather was so happy with that. He probably would have wanted him to do something else, you know, that was probably more not so it's not so risky. I don't know what's risky about being a doctor of microbiology, but you know, maybe she should have been a teacher, you know. But by the by, so it's not like my family doesn't have those concerns, but at the same time you gotta you gotta find your own path, I think. Zamogenia. <laughs> no. And there sure. I am looking at uh, looking at this soon-to-be four-year-old, who is just dancing the whole time, and I'm like, "Well, I th- you know, I was hoping you'd be an accountant, but evidently <laughs> you're going to be a. Oh. Evidently you're going to be I, a performer, just like your mummy and daddy. I come,
1: I come from a, uh, I come from a very long line of accountants. My grandparents were accountants. My dad is an accountant my godparents were were professors of economics at the economics university numbers
0: to me talk numbers um, well you
2: learned something along the way surely.
1: i i i went to i went to the i went to the to um, accounting profile high school because that's where my dad decided that i must go and just to make sure i'm a certified accountant he even sent me to a separate uh, a separate course <laughs> just so i would have two <laughs> two degrees in accounting and uh, so Obviously, so you know. I mean, high school ended, so I did the only reasonable thing, and I said, "No, fuck this! I'm going to study to study me- mechanics." <laughs> so, yeah, you you really you really no, struck maybe, a nerve yeah, there with accounting.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think I'm I think I, for <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's secure, right? <laughs> anyway, Michael, you and I, you you and I should talk because I will tell you, there's one thing that's always lacking in the arts. And that is people who can do numbers, really. And that you might not hit, want to hear that, but the truth is, oh man, you know, there's how many actors are there? There's a shit ton. You know, we're, we're queuing up for the jobs. Uh, but the 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 person who is gold for a theatre company is a stage manager, is someone who is willing to sit down and uh work out where you can get funding applications and who you can apply to and what's the best language and stuff like that. So I mean I'm I was kind of half joking when I said that but you know someone who's actually I mean it's not accounting but who who can understand how that stuff works that in the arts is gold. That is gold because that's and that's what it's taken me <clears throat> a long time to realize is it's fine to be passionate about something like acting um, but th- but the more the more you look into it, the more the professionals, not necessarily performing professionals, but the people within the business say, uh, you, you know, you have to sell yourself, you have to know how to sell yourself. I'm a business, you know, and that's what's taken me a long time to learn and come around to, uh, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I've mastered it. And that's kind of what I'm still working on, really. It, I I'm I'm more than happy to stand up in front of people and make a show. But the bit about... The background stuff. What happens somewhere. next? You know, or who's? Where's the next job coming from? Or how do I make my own show happen? That's what actually I'm, one of the things in Prague I'm most proud of is that I've produced a couple of my own shows. I mean, that set that I built for Sweeney Todd was just badass. No money though, you know.
0: Moneyless jobs are pretty cool, by the way. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah, I, up until a certain point, you know.
0: Yeah, when you're young, you kind of like young,
2: you don't have yeah, responsibilities, like, yeah. I think there's a never say never but you know but like it took I'm not joking when I say it was a month of my life 15-hour days building that okay. set and and I was in the show so
0: so where where if people wants to see you yeah where do where do they go do you have some social media website or something well I've got a facebook Profile and it. It Michael Pitten. Pitten, and you share your next shows or something. Uh, I'm uh, I'm not,
2: well, talking about being good in the business, I'm not very good at sharing uh, much on there at the moment, but I'm also part of a company called Zimmerman English Theatre, which is um, uh, the Are English you? translations of Jara Zimmerman, who's the most famous Czech of all time. Um, so that's 50 plus years of Czech theatre heritage and, and we perform once a month in Žižkov. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which so it is, is it. the Zimmerman Theatre in Žižkov. Yeah. The one yeah. the one down Just in, from the, in the, the pit. T- yeah. yeah,
1: in the pit near the near the tiny
2: square. Yes, exactly, yeah. Um. So do that and then I'm with uh, Blood, Love and Rhetoric. Of oh, course. Jim and Jeff came yeah. <laughs> recently. So I perform with those guys. Oh, yeah, I, used I used to live on Štitneho, so... Yeah, that's <laughs> it, Štitneho. I couldn't remember the street, but yeah, that's the name. Um... I know I'm shooting on a Danish film this weekend, so I don't know. there's very st-
0: acting as an English guy.
2: Oh no! Danish? Guess guess what I'm playing. What are you playing? I'm playing an
0: SS officer. Oh God! I mean. A little
2: bit cliche. Uh-huh. Actually, I gotta go. And I gotta Do you have go. Have
0: to shave your beard or something? No.
2: Yeah, that's got to come off. I'm just lazy.
0: Well,
1: you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, the the moneyless uh, moneyless jobs being cool. And I, I think I mentioned it to you before there's a there's this uh, stand-up comedian Hannah Gadsby. she um, she has some very inquisitive shows in general. The thing is one of uh, one of her topics is oh oh you 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 are so creative because you are in, because you are in pain. And there's this there's this misconception that artists artists need to suffer in order to create. No, they fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I would be more than happy if every artist I know was uh, was well off, so they could just actually actually no, I, create I, it, without. It, it,
2: that's a very you know suffering has many different uh, ways. I mean, I I have uh, my personal opinions about that. It's nice to have food on the table but I did work in a pub with uh, one of the guys who used to draw the Smurfs. Really? He's uh, from the Netherlands. And um, so he's an illustrator. And he said that's what his passion is. And anytime that he got a job that was too comfortable, he would find that he wouldn't do any illustrating. So that's why he preferred to do jobs like uh, in a chicken slaughterhouse. (laughs) Jobs that would just destroy your soul after a month and a half. So he would do that for like six months and then he would be like, I can't handle this anymore. Now I'm going to start Mm -hmm. illustrating again. So there are people who need that actually, (laughs) perversely. But that doesn't mean to say that he's suffering because he made enough money to then make sure he had time to illustrate. So No, it's a different... No.
0: In my sense, I, I go through difficult periods of my life to understand some aspects of it. And I realize if I'm stable, I would not come to that conclusion
1: there's a there's a joke about a guy who who goes to his uh <laughs> he's a Jewish guy and he goes to the rabbi and you know he was living with his wife and his children and his mother- in- law and his father- in- law and you know he he fe- he he was feeling really down and he goes to the rabbi and says um rabbi i'm feeling so i feel so crowded but i feel i also feel like I'm selfish how how can I feel better about this? So the rabbi says, well, do you have any chickens? Just bring the chickens in uh, in your home and. The guy brought his chickens, and how do you feel? I feel worse, Rabbi. How is this helping? Be patient. Now bring your cows in the in the home, and uh, so yeah, you you see where this is going. Yeah. And no, he, no, I don't see it. And Continue. the guy the guy brought brought his brought his cattle in the home, and you know when he goes to the rabbi, rabbi, I cannot take this anymore. We're not done yet, my son. You know, and he keeps bringing his whole you know his whole menagerie in the in the house, and then after one month of doing this he goes to the rabbi rabbi I, I cannot take it any longer good now get them out of the house how do you feel
2: <laughs> so, yeah it's all relative it's all relative michael Salabin. it
0: was a lovely lovely to talk to you My and pleasure. Just the time p- went past so fast i didn't even realize we're having a yeah. good conversation
1: and i think i think i would like to i would like all of us to go to to the antique warehouse i'm not yeah.
0: kidding
2: no. no i love that place yeah i think i know I, it, it's changed I, I was there many moons ago but i know the one you mean
0: so, okay. thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, and everyone. everyone listening, thank you for listening. L- listening. Yeah, if you've made it this far, <laughs> yeah. well done. Yeah, thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. Cool. Cut. <laughs>